Hey guys, Wes Goldberg of Locked On Heat here with my co-host David Ramil. Before we jump into this episode, we're going to do something that we rarely do, and that is to make a humble ask of you. We have a brand new Patreon page. You can find it by going to patreon.com forward slash locked on heat. And we're asking for people to commit to pledging a dollar a month to help us improve the quality of the show. So check it out. Please take a look. And if you're so inclined to help us out and improve your own listening experience, donate to our fund. We put out so much free material. The podcast is free and we spend a lot of time and effort trying to make it the best daily podcast we can for you, the listener. To do that, all we're asking for is 20 listeners to pledge about a dollar a month. That would cover the overhead for the software that we're hoping to adopt and use. By going to patreon.com slash locked on heat and becoming a patron, you will become an official locked on heat board member. David and I like to hear from you, and by creating this board, we will have a group of dedicated listeners to bounce ideas off of for the show. You'll have an opportunity to help influence the podcast and get to say cool things to your friends like, I'm on a board. We're simply asking now that you show your support for what we're doing so that hopefully we can keep doing this for a very long time. First, we'll improve the audio quality, and from there, as we get more pledges, patrons, and of course, board members, we'll use the money to further enhance the show and maybe feed the hosts here and there. So please go check it out. Again, it's patreon.com forward slash locked on heat. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash locked on heat. You are locked on heat. Your daily Miami heat podcast. Part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to locked on heat. Your daily Miami heat podcast. Part of the locked on podcast network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the NBA for the Step Back and FanRag Sports, and I write for the Miami Heat's Tip-Off magazine. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I'm David Ramil, a credentialed NBA writer who has covered the Heat for SB Nation and AllYouCanHeat.com. I cover the NBA at large for FanSided and FanRag Sports, and you can follow me and my writing on Twitter at DRamil13. Today's show is sponsored by Draft. Use the promo code LOHEAT and get a free entry after you make your first deposit. And check out our Twitter account, at Lockdown Heat for instructions on how to join our league and play against us during tonight's slate of games. We're going to take some of your Twitter questions later on and spotlight a few performances from the game. We're talking today about the Heat's win over the Raptors last night. Miami beats Toronto 90-89 thanks to a Wayne Ellington game-winning layup on a play that Spolster drew out of a timeout. The end was exciting, David, but it was overall an ugly game in which the Heat were forced to go big for most of it. There were even a couple of fights. James Johnson got ejected. Uh, neither team shot well. The Heat shot just 40.2%. Raptors shot 38.9%. But it was a gritty win for the Heat on the road. They joined the Wizards, actually, as the only team to beat the Raptors in Toronto this season. And the Heat move up in the Eastern Conference standings. They are now tied with the Wizards for fourth place with a record of 23-17. and 17. Look, I thought that the Heat were going to try to go small. And, and they did at the start of the game, but it was clear from the beginning that it wasn't going to work. And when I say go small, I mean, you know, that, that white side plus James Johnson or Olenek plus James Johnson lineup, it wasn't working uh, mostly because I thought Olenek was struggling early. So Spolstra played most of the game with two bigs at the same time, whether it be uh, Olenek and Whiteside or Whiteside and Bam Adebayo. We saw a lot after James Johnson left the game with his ejection, but um, this is just, this game was another example of how versatile this group is and how much of an advantage that is, is particularly when they're playing teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Olenek's struggles were a major factor, I think, as was James Johnson's ejection, because without Johnson there, obviously, um, that takes away our most versatile big man. 
Uh, he can do so much. He can bring the ball up. And he was playing well in those minutes he was in there. But unfortunately, as you know, of course, with the ejection, wasn't able to be there late in a close game. But Olenek's struggle really helped shape what, what uh, Spolstra's decision-making process was like for the rest of the game. Obviously, the Heat started off with Whiteside and Olenek there going up against Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka. But towards the end of the game, the only one of those four players that was out there was Whiteside. And he was only out there basically to provide some length and rebounding uh, on a couple of key plays late in the the game. But um, it was really an odd situation there. Then Whiteside was playing well with Bam. Uh, That was a really interesting combination. And Bam and Abayo had a particularly good game. I I, I was curious as to why Olenek... Like Olenek didn't match up particularly well with Ibaka because of his, you know, he's not quick enough. Ibaka, right. for all of his lack of offense, for most of his career, this is actually his best year as far as being able to put the ball down. And, of course, he's still a pretty physical defender. But he was able to really get into Olenek, who had been you know, showing such promise over the last few games. But it didn't matter because then with Olenek struggling, you were able to bring in Bam Adebayo, and he had a monster game. He responded as well as you could possibly have hoped. After we were debating whether or not he might be in and out of the lineup and maybe you know lose consistent minutes uh, because of the the improvement of Olenek recently, Adebayo comes in there and showed a whole other dimension there. Something you know, not just versatility, but also an incredible display of athleticism, particularly on the defensive end, where he finished with a number of blocked shots, a number of mm-hmm. impressive rebounds, put the ball down on one particularly impressive play, and went in for the dunk. He he just looked. He looked great. I, I mean, everybody, all, all, all of Heat Twitter was just basically so excited to see Bam lighting it up, you know, and he had a huge... It was his best game in a long time. I mean, 16 points, 15 rebounds, three assists, five blocks, uh, all in 33 minutes. Olenek, you mentioned he was struggling. He only played 22 minutes in the game. Yeah. Uh, and that was probably only because James Johnson got kicked out. He probably would have played Absolutely. fewer than that. He didn't play the entire third quarter, Olenek. Uh, but Bam and, and Whiteside together were, were really good. Bam, in the fourth quarter played that Kelly Olenek role. I mean, the offense was quite literally being played through Bam Adebayo. There was not a possession for a long period there in that in that final quarter where Bam wasn't touching the ball down the court. I mean, Goran Dragic or Josh Richardson would bring it down and they you know bring the ball or bring the ball up the court and they would immediately look for Bam to set a high screen. They would give him the ball and then Bam would feed it on a dribble handoff or a pick and roll situation or or like you said, they there was that one opportunity where he put the ball on the floor and drove in for a dunk. I mean, he looked great. And when when I say that the Heat were running the offense through him, they they literally were. He scored eight points in that fourth quarter without Bam's performance. The Heat don't win this game. And it's just another example of of Spolster just sort of riding the hot hand there. I mean, it would make all the sense in the world to put Olenek back in there instead of Bam Adebayo, and then and continue to run your offense through Olenek in the fourth quarter, as, as, as the Heat have done throughout this win streak and, and how impressive Olenek has been in that role. But no, even when Olenek was on the floor in those few minutes that he did get some time in the fourth quarter, it was still Bam Adebayo playing the Kelly Olenek role. I mean, just, yeah. again, Spolster playing the hot hand. It's almost impressive how willing, he's, how, how willing Spolster is, is to commit to anybody on this roster as long as they're playing well. Yeah, I, he, he set the tone, uh, particularly I, as far as the rotations are concerned. I think Dwayne Casey was kind of playing 
response, you know, he, he was re- in response to whatever Spolstra's decisions were. You know, obviously, a lot of Spolstra's, Spolstra's choices were dictated by, you know, Johnson's objection and, and Olenek's struggles, but he made the decision to put Adebayo in there, and then Casey kind of had to respond accordingly there, and he went with a small lineup himself. I mean, like I said, Valanciunas wasn't out there towards the end, and Baca obviously had been ejected, mm-hmm. uh, but they were going with, uh, you know, OG and Unabi, who looked really, really good, particularly defensively. They had uh, Siakam out there, CJ Miles, Running kind of like the 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 you know forward position there. They even had Bebe Noguera out there. I mean, he was <laughs> even po- uh, Portal like the Jacob, Jacob yep. Portal. He wasn't playing a lot of minutes. He only played nine minutes, and he's just a guy who's been who's provided a nice a di- you know a nice additional scoring punch for them uh, throughout the season. He just didn't get a lot of playing time today. So look, you know, I have to point out that Toronto was. Playing the second night of a back-to-back, they had an overtime win against Brooklyn the night before. They were without Kyle Lowry, who had a, an injury yeah, against the Knicks. Yeah, so he was he would have provided a big boost. He would have helped get into Goran Dragic and impact a lot of what they do. Um, but I, I think Miami playing in Toronto, um, a, a city where they've had you know, some struggles trying to pull out a victory of late, uh, they they went in there, really good, hard-fought game. I think it was a great, great, great showing by the team. We'll get to some of your Twitter questions next, but first, fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try our new favorite fantasy app. It's called Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but it's not like the other guys. Draft was launched in 2014 with the idea that the draft is the best part of playing fantasy. The only problem, though, is that you only get to draft once in your season-long leagues. Not with Draft. On Draft, you play with a live snake draft, no salary cap with other people. Plus, there's no multi-entry or player overlap, so you don't have to worry about those fantasy sharks gaming the system. Draft is designed to make fantasy sports simple, fair, and fun. You've listened to us talk about Draft in the past. Join our Draft League. All you have to do is download the app. Just search Draft in your app store. Go online, Draft.com, and search for the Locked on Heat League, and you can play with us in tonight's slate of games by using... The promo code LOHEAT, and you'll get a free entry after you make your first deposit. That free entry will cover your entry into our draft. It's a ton of fun. It's a draft that lasts for just one night. You pick a draft and start. Draft starts every couple of minutes, so you could join one right away. And here's my favorite part. After the draft, there's no lineup management, little to no lineup management. You just set it and forget it, so you don't have to worry about trades. There's no waiver wires. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you, so you're not losing a game because of a last-minute injury. And, of course, you play for cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everybody. Join Draft today. Download the app. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on Draft.com. For a limited time, all new players get a free entry into a draft. When you make your first deposit, just use the promo code LOHEAT. Play a free game to win real money by using the promo code LOHEAT on your first deposit. All right. We're going to get to our spotlight players later on, but let's go to Twitter and check out some of the comments you sent in using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Eddie tweets in, should the Heat consider investing long-term in Derek Jones Jr. after his two-way contract is over? The length and athleticism are really intriguing. And then Claudia, a Patreon supporter, tweets in, how does the Heat find these guys? DJ Jr. is making athletic plays, Bam playing hard, even back to Tyler, who was undrafted. Is it coaching? So I want to take this chance to talk about Derek Jones Jr., who started in place of Tyler Johnson, who hurt himself during shoot-around before the game. And so we don't know how long-term that injury is, but we were impressed, I think, at least I was impressed, David, with Derek Jones Jr.'s um, showing tonight. It was his best game in a Heat uniform 
by by far, right? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played much. Just his third appearance so far after they signed him to a two way contract uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, uh, he did look impressive. Look like part of the reason why Demar Derozan struggled early on, I think, was trying to compensate past you know both Josh Richardson, who was using you know playing his his usual stingy defense, but Derek Jones, I mean, has that incredible length and athleticism that Eddie tweeted. I mean, tweeted at us uh, and. You know, that kind of really harassed a lot of what, what mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan was able to do. Look, again, DeRozan was coming off that back-to-back, probably a little tired. His shot looked a little flat. But you can't discount the, the kind of length uh, that Derrick Jones brings to the table and, and really makes things difficult as a defender. Like, that wasn't his reputation at all in Phoenix. You know, I talked to some of the guys that covered him in Phoenix, and basically he was just a high flyer but kind of inconsistent. So as far as whether or not the team should consider investing long-term in him, I think he's another project. Uh, I'm curious yeah. to see whether or not he continues to do this consistently. I think that's we need to case. see more from him, right? I mean, this is one showing, and it was a good showing, but he's also a guy with fresh legs, and that was clear. Um, you know, he he. I'm not not to take anything away from him, but like this is a guy who's still like you go back and watch his dunks from that game. He still dribbles. He watches the ball when he's dribbling. Like he still looks at the floor when he's dribbling. Like he doesn't have a good handle. Um, he's not a particularly great shooter. Um, he does have a good length, but he's really skinny, like really skinny. I joked when he, he took that, he took that offensive foul from DeMar DeRozan. I was like, he slid all 115 pounds of his body in front of DeRozan to take that charge. Yeah. I mean, it was, he, this guy's a small dude. Now I'm not, I'm not saying small dudes can't play in the NBA. We've been proven wrong before by plenty of guys like Tyler Johnson is a small dude. I mean, we've been proven wrong before, but, um, I don't know if it's time to start investing in him, but look, can they? It's possible. Look, I mean, he is already he's on he's on under contract on a two way contract right now. He's allowed to be with the team for forty five days. That's going to expire pretty soon or soonish, you know, compared to other long term contracts. But you know, the Heat would have to waive AJ Hammonds or somebody else um, in order to make room. Do you have to kind of then you're biting the bullet on the rest of Hammonds' contract? For example, it's $1.3 million he's making this season. So, whatever, you know, prorate that, whatever else you have to pay him. You have to bite the bullet on that and then pay um, Derek Jones Jr. a contract, right? So, you're kind of doubling down on that. Um, so, it's going to cost the Heat a little bit of money. And, and, you know, the only reason he was playing was because Tyler Johnson was hurt. When Tyler Johnson's back, and when Deion Waiters is back, and when Justice Winslow is back, how much is this guy going to play? I, I, think it's more likely that we see him play out this this these 45 days right under this contract under this two-way contract and then he'll probably be in the d league in sioux falls for the g league in sioux falls uh for the remainder of the season barring any other injuries you know what i mean because this is why you have the two-way players in the first place is because of injuries and the miami is they missed they were missing three wing players Tonight, right. which is why he was even in the game in the first place, you know. That's why they even brought Derek Walton up from Sioux Falls. He was already with the Sky Falls. They brought him up there just because of the Tyler Johnson injury, in case you needed to go to another ball handler. So, um, you know, look, I, I liked his performance. You know, and and the the, the length and athleticism is intriguing, as Eddie points out. Uh, but I, I just don't know if he can tie it all together. Again, it's also good though to have a guy like that kind of develop in your system, and maybe you can coach him up. The reality is that. Uh, he was probably not developed the way he could have been in Phoenix just because of the the turmoil on their coaching staff, the fact that they don't really have a reputation for being able to develop their young players. They've right. struggled with that over recent years. So 
I think this is a good opportunity to get you know, somebody with that kind of athleticism and help him turn the, the, the corner in Miami. So we'll see what happens. He strikes me. He, he stroked. He, he, he striked me, stroked me. He didn't stroke struck me. Struck me. That'd be weird. Struck me. He struck me. Uh, in this game, is sort of like a Rodney Magruder type. Not mm. not that he's as good as a defender or or uh, and Ronnie Magruder, I don't think is as athletic as him, but no, definitely not. Just sort of the role he played as far as just being off the ball and just sort of making those in between hustle plays, like you know those tip ins for dunks and stuff like that. Like those okay. those would have been offensive rebounds for Ronnie Magruder. You know what I mean? Like just playing yeah. those in between things doesn't need the ball and can kind of do little things to be effective. And if the Heat, if that's what the Heat saw from him, and that's why they signed him in the first place, then all right. Like I'm willing to see this out, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he had um, two blocks though. I mean, that's he, that's impressive. So Chris tweets in using the hashtag #AskLOHeat. Is this game the start of a rivalry? These these teams could see each other in the playoffs. Look, it was clear these teams don't like each other. I mean, James. First, <laughs> first of all, for some reason, Serge Ibaka thought it was a good idea to get it in James Johnson's face. I guess he's not read the the hundreds of stories out on the fact that James Johnson is a black belt. And knows like taekwondo and whatever, like kickboxing, whatever it is that he does. That his nickname is Bloodsport. I would not mess with James Johnson. Bad move, Serge Ibaka. Well, Ibaka um, started fights with Blake Griffin. He started fights with uh, Matt Barnes. Uh, uh, who am I missing? Lamarcus Aldridge. Ibaka's been through some stuff, though. Yes, yes, he is you not know, a likable fellow. So, um, and then and then Demar Derozan, of course, at the, after the game was over getting into Goran Dragic's face, who also not a guy I would mess with. I mean, this is a dude, they had a tooth knocked out of him, had a, a foul called on him, and then threw the tooth under the sideline and kept playing. Like, I wouldn't mess with Goran Dragic, and this happened, like, last year. Yeah. So, um, but as Chris, Chris Chris writes in, is this game the start of a rivalry? If well, these two teams, I don't know that, I, I don't know what a rivalry in the NBA is anymore, but if these two teams meet in the playoffs, it will be a lot like this, I think. I mean, this it's really interesting because, you know, I was on with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors, and even he was referencing that playoff series between the Heat and the Raptors from a few seasons ago. And I know you and I talk a lot about it on this show. Right. That series as as kind of a turning point of this team, or or you know, a focal point on, on the timeline of the Heat. And uh, and I think you know, he the Raptor fans and they view it as such as well. So there is history here, recent history here that matters, right? And this game was a good game, and if they meet each other in the playoffs again. Um, this they will be showing highlights of this game, you know, before tip off. You know, look, they meet twice more during the regular season. One on February thirteenth. You can rest assured there won't be any Valentine's Day wishes exchanged between the two uh, teams. And then on April eleventh, the last game of the season, where both teams could potentially be fighting for playoff seating or something important as far as the Eastern Conference rankings are concerned. So I would consider that game must-watch television. I, you know, it's a couple months away, so you've got plenty of time to make sure that you clear your schedule. But April 11th, that should be a very good game between both teams. Okay, David and I have our spotlight players up next. But first, Lockdown Heat still has inventory for sponsorships this season. This is a great opportunity for local South Florida businesses to connect with Heat fans. So if you're unhappy with your ROI with traditional advertising online or in print, try something new in 2018. Podcast listeners are 65% more likely to engage with advertisers and in our experience are more passionate and often viewed as experts on topics, trendsetters, if you will, the exact sort of customer most businesses want to target. Our rates are reasonable and they're based on the number of listens. So it's an efficient use of your time and money. For more information on rates and next steps, email us at lockedonheat at gmail.com. We could be talking about your company 
right here on the show. All right, David, time for our spotlight players. What you got? I've got Goran Dragic. Uh, he finished with an impressive 24 points to lead the Heat. Um, and, you know, the second best score was Bam at 16. Uh, but Goran's 24 points came on 10 of 21 shooting. He finished just one of three from three-point range. That one three-pointer coming with five and a half minutes left in the third quarter. So Miami wasn't able to knock down a three after that point, and that was actually the last three that the Heat attempted or were able to connect on. So uh, that was pretty impressive. But he also had an incredible game on the rebounding end. He finished with 12 rebounds in combination with four assists, also had a steal and a block. Uh, just one turnover, too, so a really, really efficient game. Look, without Lowry there to make life difficult for Dragic, he was really able to take advantage um, he was able to go against DeLon right in the low post. And DeLon is a guy who's uh, long enough and tall enough to be able to play a number of positions. He could put, he could play a small forward position. He's tall and, light and lanky enough, um, but he, he's usually called upon as the backup point guard for the Raptors. But Dragic just really seemed like he had um, confidence in, in uh, his ability to score against Wright. Uh, and he was able to take him to the low post and, and back them down and, and, and did get a bucket against him. Um, but the rebounding edge was clearly something that was, well, that was just very impressive on Goran's part. Like it seemed like he was really aware of how necessary it was for him to be able to pull down these boards. Uh, maybe with Miami's lineup, they were kind of spacing the floor without their traditional bigs out there. Um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe Whiteside had his hands. There was a couple forward. of there was a couple of rebounds in the fourth quarter that were really important that Dragic pulled down, like just yeah. defensive rebounds. Yeah, yeah. And and I think you you know what you're saying about you know the lineup. I mean, with Whiteside and Valanciunas matching up, and and either Bam Adebayo or Kalinic or whoever matching up with Serge Ibaka, like there was a lot of big bodies on big bodies. So a lot maybe that like sort of cancels out, and Dragic kind of saw that need for the Heat for, you know, an, another guy to get in there and into the scrum and sort of grab those rebounds, and he did that. I mean, how many rebounds did he have, 11? Yeah, 12. 12 overall, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Whiteside had 15, though, to be honest with you. Sure. And Adebayo I had mean, 15, too. So, I mean, there was like, there was a lot of rebounding going on. Both teams missed a lot of shots. Obviously, Miami only shot 40%, and Toronto yeah, rebounded the, the Raptors 64 to 37. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. They had 20 offensive rebounds in that game. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane that's why the heat won literally 20 offensive rebounds you're gonna win like most games i would go back and, and i would guess if you hit 20 offensive rebounds you're probably winning that game um my spotlight yeah. player was josh richardson uh be only because he struggled and and that's not something that we're used to seeing from josh recently recently yeah you know what i mean so he's been at, these last 10 games he's averaging between 18 and 19 points a game he, he finished with a, a grand six points tonight on three of 13 shooting i think he missed his first 11 shots um you know but he did have six rebounds four assists and three blocks so he found a way to contribute i thought later in the game you started deciding like okay it's not happening to me for me tonight my shot's not going in but Spolster did stagger Dragic's minutes along with Richardson a lot to the point where they were it was there was always at least one of them on the court at the same time because with you know if you don't have either of them nobody's running the offense especially after James Johnson was ejected after 14 minutes um so you know in that respect I thought Richardson had an it wasn't a good game and I'm not I'm not trying to frame it that way but it was I was impressed by how um how he just sort of stayed in the moment and just and, and decided, okay, I'm not going to be making shots tonight. It's obviously not happening for me. 
but let me lead this offense. Let me get in Let me get the offense. Let me get this team into offense. Let me initiate. Let me get other guys involved. Um, and he was, he only ended up with four assists. It's not a lot, but I thought he did a lot more than that shows. However, he did struggle, um, with, with Toronto, with how they played him. Uh, as soon as Richardson would come across the court, Toronto would put, would press him as soon as he crossed half court. And he struggled with that. And we've seen Josh Richardson in the past, less so this season, but in his career before this season, if he gets trapped or pressed, he doesn't have quite the handles or the speed to kind of get out of those situations. And he struggles in that, in that kind of spot. Yeah. And Toronto, I think, recognized that. They, they had scouted that because every time Richardson crossed half court with the ball in his hands, they pressed him or they blitzed him. Yeah. And, and Norman Powell, who was drafted in that same second round as Josh Richardson, did a really, really good job against him. I mean, Richardson really struggled when he was defended by Norman Powell, I noticed. And, and, and that kind of ended up leading to some turnovers. Richardson accounted for five of Miami's 13 turnovers. Um, 13 turnovers is not a lot against, especially against the Raptors, but having five turnovers for Richardson is a lot. Um, he's usually pretty efficient. So it was, it was a tough game for him, but you know, you've talked a lot about this, David, where, where a lot of times if he's having a bad game, if he's not shooting, uh, well, he kind of gets in his head and he loses confidence. I didn't get that feeling at any point in the game that he lost confidence. If anything, I thought he rose to the occasion a little bit. Yeah. He, like, he kind of took on the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. He, he had two of his three field goals in the fourth quarter, so you know, he was still engaged mm-hmm. there. Those were big buckets at necessary points in time when Miami needed to find a way to to either hold off the Raptors or to build on their you know their lead a little bit. And, and, and so the fact that he was able, like you said, to kind of stay in the moment – continue to press, do everything that he had to do without feeling that kind of extreme pressure. I didn't see him hanging his head. I didn't see him uh, resisting, you know, the, 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 the urge to take a shot or anything like that or second-guessing mm-hmm. himself. It was just fluid. The shots just didn't fall. And, again, you have to give credit to the length on Toronto's Raptor there. I mean, Toronto's uh, roster between Anunoby and Powell and even DeRozan, those guys are long enough. They play solid defense. I mean, they did a really good job of trying to limit – uh, what Richardson has been doing over the last few weeks. So, you know, you tip your hat to them. But at the same time, he, he did hang in there. Not his best game, but I'm curious to see how he responds. Because, again, this is another, that's another key thing. That's a good point. You know, with Miami on a back-to-back, we need to see whether or not he's able to to finally get over that hump and, and kind of establish himself as Miami's best player, as we talked about a couple of days ago. Well, the Heat will play the Pacers tonight, and Josh Richardson will have that chance. And it's the second game of a back-to-back. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of that game. Uh, James Johnson will most likely miss that game because of that ejection. Uh, But for now, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening and for subscribing. Thank you to Draft. Use the promo code LOHEAT and get a free entry after you make your first deposit. And check out our Twitter account, at LockedOnHeat, for instructions on how to join our league and play against us during tonight's slate of games. You can send mailbag questions and ask about advertising on the show by sending an email to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Tweet your questions on comments for our recaps using the hashtag AskLOHEAT. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.